Talking Real Estate with Maples Teasdale, the law firm where real estate really matters. Hello and welcome to Talking Real Estate with Maples Teasdale. I'm Tom Mills and I'm a senior associate in the property disputes team. And today I'm with Scott Byrne, an associate in our commercial real estate team. We're going to be talking about sabbaticals. Hello, Scott. Hi, Tom. So why are we doing this? Well, we both entirely independently of last year decided to take some time out to travel, time away from work, unpaid leave. And during that time, I feel like we came across more and more people doing the same thing. We're meeting people along the way, a few other friends doing the same thing and a lot more talk and discussion about it on LinkedIn and the like. Is that your experience as well? Yeah, definitely. I think kind of sabbatical used to be a thing I people did maybe when they retired or when they were quite senior in their jobs. And then over the last few years, it's become like a major cultural thing that everyone's talking about and doing. So yes, we thought it'd be useful to just talk about that to those who are interested. As I said, it was a, a period of pre-agreed unpaid leave from Maples. And for both of us, fundamentally, that was to go traveling. In my case, I actually got married September last year and treated the sabbatical essentially like a really long honeymoon. And we went backpacking around South and Central America. And yeah, we were away for a full six months, lots of hiking and long overnight buses. And what I actually realized when I got back is that I hadn't touched a computer for a full six months. So that was the vibe. What about you? Yeah, so I was only three months rather than six. It's kind of in three chunks, I suppose. There was four of us from university, one of whom is my girlfriend, but we're all like a friendship group. Went to Thailand, Bangkok and Chiang Mai and the beaches. And then we went to Vietnam and some friends from university flew out to meet us. So we did like north to south Vietnam, which was great. And then just me and my girlfriend went to Japan and did a month on the bullet trains, trying to do as much as possible in that month, really. What was your favorite place? Well, there's a lot to choose from. Uh, I think kind of Mount Fuji in Japan was uh, something I was really looking forward to. And it was the first bit we did after Tokyo, which is obviously very full on. So we just spent a few days chilling around the mountain and doing kayaking and hot spas and things. So that was brilliant. And then seeing some elephants in a sanctuary in uh, Thailand was also very good. So spoiled for choice, really. What about you? I keep coming back to the Galapagos, to be honest. We were on a boat around the Galapagos for a week and doing an awful lot of snorkeling and a lot of wildlife. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a pretty incredible week. And it wasn't necessarily on our plan to do that. But when we were in Ecuador, it just became the must-see. I guess the question that we're asked, I guess, in the run-up to going on sabbatical is why do we want to do it? What were your thoughts, you know, when you were preparing to go, when you first thought about it? Yeah, it's definitely a question I was braced to answer kind of professionally at work and also just like with friends and family members, particularly because I think it's a bit of a new phenomenon for more people to do it. For my parents, for example, it was like, you just work until you retire. So the thought of like taking a break from a job was quite scary to them, but I reassured them that it was all fine. For me, it was kind of, we all turned 30 in my university group. We'd all been in our jobs for about five years, give or take. And we kind of just wanted a break. A lot of people assume with sabbaticals is like a need for it. Either you're like burning out or you need some time to like reconsider everything. But for me, it was purely just once. Like I was happy at my job. I just wanted a break to like do cool things with my friends, really. I was in a position where I hadn't bought property, but I was probably going too soon. And I was fairly senior in my job, but not quite a senior associate. So I just felt like a good time to do it, really. But I didn't need to do it for any particular reason. That was certainly my experience as well, where... 
I think both of us just have that. We both enjoy traveling, you and I. And I think for both of us, finding that opportunity to take some time away and to focus that on traveling, that is just a sort of great opportunity when the stars align. And that's certainly what it felt for me. Again, same point. You work for, you know, three, four, five years, having been to law school and been to university without taking a big break. It's a period to kind of pause, get some perspective, but completely agree. It wasn't necessarily motivated by a well-being perspective or this idea that, that burnout was just around the corner. That's certainly not the case, but particularly with a wedding, it was certainly like a juncture in life where it was, it felt like a really good chance to take that plunge. I mean, people sometimes call it like a career break. And I've even heard mini retirement, which makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable because it's not what it felt like at all. It's just, uh, you know, really taking advantage of just that right moment. That doesn't work for everyone. I guess it's a phenomenon now of like the squiggly career path, which is rather than just staying in one job till you retire, a lot of people move around. And certainly for me, and I think you as well, we're both like very happy at Maples and didn't really want to leave. So we can't do the, what people do where they like move jobs every two years, take a break and then start a new job. So really we kind of want to take a break from work, but we want to stay at Maple. So the only way to do that really was to take a bit of a sabbatical to keep the best of both worlds. And there's an awful lot of planning to get through is one thing I, I think we should probably talk about is this is not the sort of thing you do on a whim and go away the next month. I did a bit of a break between law schools and that was a lot more just, I'm just going to pack a bag and go to South America and see what happens because I was kind of living at home. So it didn't really matter. Whereas, yeah, there's a lot more to consider now. We're a bit more advanced in our years. A lot of worries to balance up. Yeah. What were your main worries? Fundamentally, the first point is getting six months off work. Yeah. That's a tricky point. Maples doesn't necessarily have a fixed defined policy, but it's at the discretion of the partnership. So you know, it was having that conversation internally and, and thankfully Maples was very supportive of it and, and sort of made it happen. Once that kind of part of it sorted, it's then the nitty gritty of the, the logistics of what you're leaving behind. My wife and I own a flat, so there was, there was a, a bit of work in making sure that that would be all tied up and looked after. And that's not an easy thing to do. And that won't be possible for everyone, I suppose. Yeah, I had a, um, well, our situations did overlap briefly, but I... Based on New Year 2021, me and my friends were like, right, are we going to do this about to go or not? Like, I think now's a good opportunity. So in January 2022, I spoke to Chris, who was the managing partner at the time, and just said this, and I want to take three months off. So I basically had a year from that point of getting it approved and actually going away, which, as you say, is a lot of planning to do. Similarly with housing, it's obviously kind of everyone's biggest expenditure, and I just ended my tenancy in April and thought I'd just kind of move around for eight months, which felt like a good idea at the time, but it transpires that eight months is actually quite a lot of time to not have a permanent residence. Um, so I kind of went between a couple of two-month tenancies and I also uh, house sat for you when you're away in winter to, to water the plants um, and things like that. So it all worked out fine and that did have a kind of a cost-saving benefit as well. It was all about just pulling in the right direction. I mean, having, having Maples being supportive was a huge step for both of us. You had a group of friends who were all wanting to do the same thing. And, and I had a very enthusiastic wife <laughs> about going away traveling. So it, when you've got people on your side and you're not doing it all by yourself, I think that really helps yeah. smooth over those issues. There are like a lot of worries. I mean, kind of selfishly, my kind of main worry was like missing out on things in London, even though people in London, our friends who weren't on the trip would probably rather be with us 
you kind of want to do both things at the same time. Like you, you see things being organized like the group chat and you, you want to be there whilst on a beach in Thailand. So it's like, you can't have it all. But I think another worry of mine was like trying to have the perfect trip, trying to make sure every thing I did was like the best possible. Like I've read every guide on this town. And I think when you get there, you realize that it doesn't really matter. Like obviously you want to do the headline things very well, but some of the best days for us were just like rest days where you just woke up, didn't have a plan. Maybe got up early the day before to do a hike or something. And we just decided to just do what we want for that day. And they were like some of the best days. You definitely don't realize that until you're there. Yeah. I completely agree. You, you have this idea of an itinerary of what you're doing and you're worrying about missing out on any, any single thing. Yeah. You look back and realize that that's just the whole experience of being there is what was the important thing. Three months, well, six for you, but three months is like so much time. I mean, most of my holidays are between like four days and a week. So doing like a week in one small town, whatever, gives you so much time to do everything, do stuff twice or do nothing. But I definitely had a few like worries that went up right until the end. So my girlfriend's self-employed and she was all signed up to go. But I think the rule very much was if something really good comes in, she'd consider it. And if something good came in when we're out there and it was worth going back for, she would do that, which obviously makes it difficult for, do I go? Do I stay? Do my friends go? So right until the very last minute until we were like on the plane. And even then when we got there, it was still worries that, you know, something might not go well, but it did all go smoothly. Yeah. And we were talking about having this really long lead in time and, and being really planned about it all. And my experience was very much that it wasn't planned when we were there. We didn't really know where we were going to be or where we were going to end up. So that was, I guess, a worry in a sense of where are we going to be in the next few days? And maybe it's it's a little bit cheeky to say it, but traveling is not always just like a holiday. It's um, it was very busy. We were on the move every kind of three days and you're spending a good portion of those days planning the next few days. It's pretty, pretty tiring. And, and But on the flip side of that, that is what it gives you is the focus on something completely different, the, the immersion in, in somewhere else. And on reflection, that aspect of worry was actually the bit that was most beneficial. Did you think about work much or not? We had a, a, a very busy run up to a wedding. So finishing work the week before the wedding um, certainly gave me a lot of distraction. So I think I, I had a, a pretty hard and fast move away from worrying about work issues I mean it definitely comes up and I was definitely in touch with friends from work throughout the time so I was aware of things going on but things like the time difference and a lack of phone signal and wi-fi that is a good help at getting away from those worries yeah I think definitely the first couple of weeks because you're so fresh in your mind and there's deals I, I was on that wouldn't have completed and I'm thinking has something gone wrong or have I given someone a hospital pass or have they found something terrible in my work or just, you know, normal feelings when you're away. And then after a couple of weeks, you kind of get in the rhythm of it. You're like, well, the world hasn't ended. I haven't had any calls saying like fired. So I think it's fine. Again, I didn't really think about work at all, apart from like, you know, my colleagues and things. But, and then kind of the nearer you get to coming back, you start thinking like, oh, I wonder like what I'm going to come back to, like I wonder what's changed. But I think I was quite pleasantly surprised how much I didn't think or worry about work, which I guess is the point of taking a, unpaid career break I kind of thought I'd be more wanting to know what's going on but there's so much going on in front of you that you don't have the time to think about it to be honest which is nice that's definitely right and I think um I just come back to the, the same point that repeated a little bit is it made a huge difference that Maples was supportive and we we were definitely confident that you know everything was being dealt with properly it was being covered properly and in, in my case 
a sort of temporary locum was brought in a very experienced lawyer so that i i definitely had the confidence that things were you know were being dealt with and progressed while i was away and that definitely made it easier for when i when i came back as well which i guess leads us to the final sort of thing that we want to talk about is what did we get out of it and what did we realize we got out of it when we came back as i said i had a locum covering me for the 6 months so work wise i was delivered up a very nicely presented lawyer's workload that I could just read up on and, and step straight back into. So that wasn't too bad. How about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, my kind of immediate, it's kind of a, a consequence of what I said before about my housing arrangement. My immediate thing coming back was that I'm still homeless, which I hadn't really thought of when my mindset was like, get on the sabbatical, we're all fine. Now I'm like, okay, I had a few rooms to stay. I wasn't gonna be on the street, but I definitely was like, okay, that's a priority. But then getting back to work, I definitely feel like better at my job and it's quite difficult to define how or why that is. I think I'm a bit more relaxed, but not in like a, I don't care way, just in kind of a bit more kind of in control or I think less of an all or nothing mindset. I think sometimes you take work quite personally and you kind of think this whole thing's going to fall down if I don't do my job. But then you're reminded of yourself that actually you weren't there for three months and it was fine. And you just an important but not kind of crucial or critical part of a well-established firm. So a kind of a new perspective on work has definitely helped and I, I do feel better for it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think it's the, the feeling I had was, was just a much more measured ability to take things in my stride. As I said, we've had several months of having to deal with night buses and all the bad things that come with traveling and the uncertainty and changing plans. Those kind of experiences actually, in my mind, had quite a direct impact on the way that I tackled work. There is definitely a different type of confidence that I feel I've, I've gained. Just kind of having that confidence to be more in control, I think, and have a bit more agency day to day. Yeah. There's definitely an opportunity to feel, don't get bogged down into, into sort of the rhythms of life that you might not like. It's more, it definitely gave me a focus to look towards doing more of the things that I do enjoy doing. But thankfully, that is quite compatible with our jobs, it turns out. Yeah. I think what was like a nice reminder for me is that, I mean, you don't need to answer this because it might be incriminating, but if Maple said to me, you can't have a sabbatical, I probably wouldn't have left. In fact, no, I wouldn't have left. Definitely not. I had thought about that question before. So that was a nice reminder when I was like flying home of like, I didn't have the dread as much as I thought I would. I was like, well, you've chosen to stay and you would have chosen to stay and not do a sabbatical. So you don't want to leave. So you clearly like work and work's obviously quite high up in your kind of list of priorities. So it was like, you clearly want to be here, which takes a lot of the pressure off in a way, like you're not being forced to be there. I had agencies, as you said, to leave or not leave. So it's kind of like, I actually want to be here, want to do well in my job, which is a nice reminder, I think, because when you're just churning through the next kind of five or 10 years, just on this career path, a nice little break just reassesses where you are and what you want to do. It just reaffirms that you want to be at Maples or whatever for the future. So that's quite nice. That's definitely right. I would just add that, you know, had some fantastic memories and feel better for it. And for that, I think we're both very, very grateful for the chance. So yeah, we're, we're certainly happy coming back to Maples with some newfound confidence and motivation. 
Yeah, it's funny because I think people assume if you go traveling for someone like Thailand, you're going to come back with like dreadlocks or like a Buddhist or something. But it's really just like small stuff, isn't it? Like uh, obviously you've got stories and memories, but your, your friends who weren't there kind of get a bit annoyed at you telling them all the time. But just a, a new mindset of like more refreshed and new perspective. It's like little things that you can't really quantify, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a risk of this podcast turning into us just telling stories about traveling, which we've had to try very hard not to. That could be the next. We could do a whole series of uh, our travel travel journey. We're doing three, four, five, and six. Exactly. Maybe the crowd will want that. We don't know yet. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening to Talking Real Estate with Maples Teasdale. We we'll certainly hope you'll join us again next time, and it might be our travel stories. <laughs> thank you.